Welcome to Chasm, the dichotomy of being. Here's your host, the formidable Tiffany Mack. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, I always wanted to do that. Anyway, welcome to the first official episode of Chasm, the dichotomy of being. So I know you guys have been eagerly waiting to find out how I was, in fact, a hoe. So let's get to it. Before we get deeper into it, this, I have two episodes that we're going to talk about cuffing season. I was thinking about what did I want to talk about on my first podcast? Hey, it's the fall cuffing season. Now for you married folks, you're like, what did? Or for you married people who act like you're not married, you might know what that is. But you know, cuffing season is the time of year when it gets cold and us single folks are like, hey, wait a minute. The summer is over and I don't want to cuddle up with my teddy bear. I need some human loving. And so we might go out and seek that. The problem with this thing is this. Many of us cuff and then we discuff when the spring or summer comes. So this episode, uh, this series, Cuffing Season, we're going to, ex- going to go into relationships. Uh, and I'm going to just, it's so vast that I could probably talk about this forever, but I'm not because I have so many other things to discuss later. But Cuffing Season, first episode today, that one time I tried to be a hoe. Okay, so before we get into my uh, failed hoism, uh, we are going to go ahead and talk about what uh, the hierarchy of hoes or hoism according to Google. Yes, Google. I Googled it. So this will be surprising to you. But guess what? A top hoe is a pimp's worst girl. She about to get pimp slapped, basically. And and literally, I can't make this up. That's what Google said. That's what a top hoe is. Now, it's kind of counterintuitive, too, because I would think the top hoe would be the, you know, the main hoe, the most successful hoe. But no, the top hoe is actually the worst hoe in a pimp stable or what I like to call a man who exploits the pains and hurts of women um, who probably more than likely 80 percent of people who actually are professional um, sex workers have been uh, abused but that's a whole nother story but you can research that too it's true um so pimp aka exploiter of women's pain his top hole is the girl who's about to get pimp slapped okay the bottom hole sometimes referred to as the bottom itch please by the way if your kids listening no this is not this episode is not for them okay don't be emailing me or calling me my kid said bottom hole that's your fault okay i can't do nothing about it back to bottom hole Bottom hole is the number one girl, most experienced hoe in the stable of hoes. So the listen, this is a dichotomy all in in itself. If you know anything about Christianity and the Bible, <laughs> the Bible says the first will be last and the last will be first. And here this evil thing, the top hole is actually the worst hole and the bottom hole is the best hole. Think about that. Anyway, so in between these two holes, the top hole, who is actually the bad hole, and the bottom itch or hoe, who is actually the staple, she the number one girl, there are the following categories. You got your silly hoe, that's self-explanatory. You got your cantankerous hoe, 
she always complain and mean, but she get the job done, okay? So, I mean, you know, she employed, cantankerous. You got your friendly hoe. If you go to her and you sick, she going to comfort you, take care of you. She really needs to be a housewife. She is just friendly and awesome and just so nice. And then you got your mean hoe. Again, that's as self-explanatory as well. And so you want to say, or you're probably wondering, well, Tiffany, how do you fall into that category? Where did you fit in? Well, I'm going to tell you. And me, unfortunately, I have to be honest and say, I would probably fall under the dumb hole category. What? Ah, what is she being? Being dumb hole? Blah, what, what's happening? Yes, go ahead. Just soak that in. I'm going to explain it. You're probably wondering, okay, first of all, why would you call yourself a hoe? And then add the word dumb to it at that. I got a purpose. I promise you there's a purpose. So let's go into the history of this thing with me. Uh, so when I was younger, it made sense because I went to a pretty awesome church. And the youth group I was in was awesome. I had really good friends. And we were taught that sex was not bad it was actually pretty good but you want to do it in a committed relationship so when you're young and you hear that and I'm very practical very logical wanted to live a life where I had minimized errors I knew I would make mistakes but just minimize errors right so how I was taught it was just like sex is good it's great but it's meant to be done you know they of course said marriage and while I believe that also a monogamous and serious and committed relationship. So that was what I was like, OK, well, when I get to that, then, yeah. But until then, as, uh, you know, uh, homegirl said, the cookie stand in the jaw. That was that I did that before Sierra was probably even in, you know, high school. She probably was in junior high and I was in high school keeping my cookies in the jaw. So anyway. Um, it, it was easy. You know, you're 16. You got your parents, you know, your family, they taking care of you. You can easily be like, nah, I ain't doing that. Right. So going to this celibacy vow, uh, actually, I hadn't had sex. So I was a virgin. Right. I decided at 16, I'm not going to do it. I want love. So when I find love and commitment, that's when I'll do it. So made sense. So you get older, you grow up, you go to college, uh, you fight off the men there. <laughs> You know, and you just stay with this thing. I just stood. I stuck with it. Not to mention, you know, I love God. I'm not perfect, as you can see. Uh, but because of my relationship with him, you know, I actively pursued knowing God of the Bible, Jesus Christ. I pursued that. So, you know, I would uh, read and pray and different things. And I was heavily involved in all kind of activities, volunteering. Uh, so I was busy, too. So I didn't really have time to lament and be like, oh, I'm not having sex. And I was always straightforward with guys, you know. Hey, you know, yeah, we can date. We can get to know each other. But just FYI, yeah, cookies in a jar. It's, ha it's not going to happen. OK, many of them left. <laughs> but when you're younger, it don't matter, right? They leave because, I mean, they're young. No judgment here, right? So I was like, cool. You know, I even would invite them to church. Hey, let's go to church together, which is hilarious. But they was like, yeah, nah, you got friends. Anyway, so uh, I was actually a virgin. And, you know, I'm thinking, do do do, living life. Ooh, hoo, hoo. 25, still a virgin, living life. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Here comes 30. I'm like, all right, Jesus. It's been kind of long. Ain't nobody trying to die a virgin, pretty much, what I start praying. And um, 
had some things happen. Uh, we'll get into that when I get into my series about grief later on in uh, future episodes. But I had some very traumatic things happen uh, in my family. Uh, sudden death of a loved one that kind of sent me on a tailspin. With that tailspin, uh, I was in a very dark place. And basically, I became very angry with the lifestyle choices that I picked. I felt like you know, I had all of these promises that I was leaning on. Hey, if you you dot your I and cross your T, you know, you'll have trouble, but life will be great. You know, you'll get pretty much 95 percent of everything you ask for to God. And not only did I not get that, I was in a career that I hated. At that point, I had lost everything. I was in a bad car accident, you know, and then tragedy. So, you know, the first couple of years of that tragedy, I just really survived. Uh, I was in a dark place and I just survived. I didn't do anything. I'm very social. I didn't socialize. I did nothing. Uh, Coming out of that uh, first two years of the tragedy, I began to awake and be like, you know what, God, I love you, but uh, I'm going to just do what everybody else do. Like, I'm 100 years old. This virginity is being a burden. And if I had had somebody, you know, if maybe if I didn't have this standard that I have that's really unrealistic at this age, you know, that's what I was thinking anyway, then maybe I could have had a partner, a loving partner to walk with me through the tragedy that I had just experienced. So I had that happen, went through the dark phase and then just woke up and was like, you know what, I'm not just going to go out there and like sleep around. But if I meet somebody and I like them, then, you know, if I decide to, yeah, I'm gonna have sex with them. I'm not waiting till I'm married. I'm going to have sex when I want to have sex if I meet somebody and I like them. In my mind, it was have sex when you found someone that you at least know you want to spend time with, you know. So I entered this phase of old grandma age. I was in my, you know, I was young for real, you know. And I was still in my mid, you know, early 30s, going into mid 30s. So, you know, I experienced, started experimenting just like, a teenager it was so ridiculous when I look back on it but uh and you know just dating like crazy I went from like maybe having one date a year to like so many dates and I didn't sleep with all these people so when I say that one time I tried to be a hoe and I was a dumb hoe this is how it works so didn't sleep with none of those people right just dated them had fun experimented whatever uh, got to the point where I did meet somebody that I dated semi-long term, decided to, this is the moment, okay? He's the person. Let me get rid of this. Let's do it. Did it. It was uneventful. Um, I ended up breaking up with him. Once that happened, you know, you start dating again and you kind of just run into, for me anyway, I was just running into people who didn't really want anything. But I had already opened the door uh, to sexual pleasure. So that's something that you want to repeat, right? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Let me just build my empire. I'm going to date. And then, you know, maybe I'll get into this friends with benefits thing. This is where the dumb hoism come in, though. So I'm living. I'm dating. I'm meeting people. I, I'm not sleeping around, you know, but I'm wanting to that intimacy. 
So because I got discouraged and I, you know, still wanted that intimacy, I just decided, you know, if I met somebody and they seemed cool, but they weren't really in a place for a relationship and I'm doing other things too, yeah, we can do the friends with benefits, right? Friends with benefits is a lie. And this is where the dumbness in comes in where I call myself a dumb hoe. No, I'm not a dumb hoe and I'm really not a hoe. Okay. But I just said that to reel you guys in. So when you have standards, I grew up with this whole idea of I will not have sex. I'm going to be a virgin until I get married. I'm going to give this gift to my husband to bump that. I'm just about to live, have some fun. And in the meantime, guess what? If I meet a good man, we like each other, we get his skin, we probably get married, maybe. Who knows, right? Of course, that ain't work out. Um, so I entered into the world of friends with benefits. And it's funny because it was during cuffing season that I made that first decision to do that. But this is the thing. You cannot be a friend with benefits and have standards. You just can't. I don't care what you say. You can email me this part of Tiffany's facts and your opinions. I'm telling you based on not only my experience, but many people who I've spoken to. And this is what I did. So I would meet somebody. I would, you know, kind of vet their character, see what kind of person they were. And then I would be like, hey, you don't want a serious relationship. That's cool. I got needs. You got needs. So let's do this. We can be intimate with each other. And then if I... I start getting feelings. I'll tell you, if you start getting feelings, you'll tell me. Or if we start dating someone and that situation becomes serious, we'll let each other know and we'll just be so respectful and have great sex in the process. Like, really, Tiffany? Yeah, I, I thought that was going to actually work. Well, I was the only one with the morals. I was the only one with the standards. I was the only one that was actually following those rules with the people that I met. They weren't. Hence why I call myself the dumb hole again i ain't a dumb hole and if you see me and call me i'm probably gonna smack you but i was just bringing you in with that but i was naive i was very naive because at the end of the day god made sex for relationships monogamous committed relationships can casual sex be fun i'm not gonna lie yeah does it relieve stress uh yes of course it does but at the end of the day if you really want intimacy if you want relationship if you want a foundation everybody looks at like uh, michelle and barack obama i see all the time relationship goals relationship goals well guess what you got to put in the work to get to that point and it starts by being honest but if you find yourself like i did being the only honest person in whatever type of casual sex arrangement you have then you're always going to be the one that ends up, you know, basically with the broken dreams and just disappointments. Casual sex in and of itself or cuffing season, which basically is the usage of people while it's cold. It's just not if you want a real relationship, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Friends with benefits is always one sided, whether it's the benefit of the girl or the benefit of the guy. It's always one sided. There's no such thing. I don't care what people say. It, it, if it, I've heard it works like probably two percent of the time. My whole point is this. We cannot um, you can't expect to have relationships, intimacy, the way that God created to have it in depth. When you are with multiple people and you just using sex for fun, I'm not going to tell you not to have casual sex. I'm not going to tell you not to use it for fun. I'm just going to I'm just sharing with you my experience in that world 
And that one time I tried to be a hoe <laughs> and tried to partake. But my personality is just like, no, you cannot partake of this because um, you're naive in that sense and you're trusting. And guess what? I decided I want to be trusting. I want a real relationship. And in order to do that, I have to abstain not only because that's my belief system and that's a system that I have accepted that I want to live with. But if I want intimacy, if I want true relationship, it can't just be based on sex as much as I enjoy sex. As much as relieving it is, uh, not only do the studies show that, but I feel better. I ain't gonna lie. Like for three days, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, let's see, pretty happy. Okay. Skin look a little glowy. Those are all benefits. It is the truth. <laughs> that stuff is true. But then you still end up empty after. Okay. Why? Because we are made for relationships, we're made for intimacy. And we selling ourselves short when we just doing casual sex, casual sex, casual sex. So the whole point of this is this. If you really want a real relationship and you want intimacy, think about your choices. Think about what you're doing. It's been said all before, not only biblically speaking, you know, the creator of sex, God, who created it for us to share with that one special person. Not only to relieve stress, but fun, intimacy, all of those things to, to comfort each other. But also even other people who may not believe the way I do, even people who are not Christians, at least telling you 90 days. And so, hey, cuffing season, it's not that good, especially if you're using people. Stop using people. And if you're going to have casual sex. Just don't do it. You know why? Because it don't work. Now, am I sitting up here saying that, no, I've never done it since then. I ain't going to lie. Temptation has won sometimes. Because it's just, you know, you used to doing something, you just you used to doing it. But I'm uh, trying to live a life where, you know, I want real love. I want intimacy. I want relationship. And in order to do that, I need to get to know a person outside of what they have in their pants. And so do you. This is my fact. I don't care about your opinion. Cuffing season, part one. That one time I tried to be and unsuccessfully was a hoe because I was naive and trusting. The conclusion of the matter is this. I'm going to still be trusting. I am going to choose to trust who I date. But I am not going to give up my standards with the help of God, friends, family. Even if I fail, for the most part, I'm still not giving up those standards. I'm not sitting up here telling you I ain't going to do it again. Uh, I hope not. But I have full knowledge of the results of that, which is nothing. The end is nothing. And it's still aloneness. Coffee season. At one time, I tried to be a hoe. Episode one is complete. Join me in a couple of weeks where relationships, coffee season part two comes. And this is where I talk about dating, online dating and why it sucks. Because it do. I mean, I know I don't e-harmony and all them. Don't get me on e-harmony and that stupid commercial. Whatever. Anyway, we done. So, um, yeah, my uh, studio guy producer is sitting there. He's smiling. He's really not my producer, but like I told him he was. So um, anyway, see you next uh, episode. Cuffing season part two, the finale of this. And love you. Mwah!